Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Shunstat Way of Life podcast. I'm your host, Julia Monin, author of the book, The World is Noisy, God Whispers. Happy Easter, everyone. This podcast is being released on the 18th of April, 2022, which, of course, is Easter Monday. So happy Easter. God bless all of you. And today, what we're going to reflect on is a reflection from our founder, Father Kentenick, um, about this this joyous season of Easter. So um, again, Easter blessings to all of you. Happy Easter. This is, truth be told, a little strange for me recording this episode because I'm recording it in the middle of Holy Week um, in order that I can have it done and really enter fully into the Triduum and into Holy Thursday, Good Friday, the Easter Vigil. So it's not Easter yet, but I know by the time you're hearing it, it will be. So I rejoice in hope for what is to come, living in this eternal now, right? Because we know that God is beyond our space and time. So strange or not, it is Easter by the time you hear this. Happy Easter. And again, with that being said, we are still, I am as I'm recording this, still in Lent and about to enter into the the holiest, I am in the midst of the holiest week of the year, about to enter into the Holy Tritium and uh, really reflecting a lot on what the Lord has done in me, in, in the depths of my soul this Lent, and um, really the hopes of what I hope he will continue the work in me in, in Easter. And I want to share some of that with you, some of these musings, and then again, tie it into the reflection I have here in front of me from Father Kentonick. So let's go ahead and put ourselves in the presence of God and open in prayer, and then I will read this reflection from Father Kentonick. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I trust your might, your kindness, Mother dear. I do believe that you are always near. Schoenstatt's great queen, O Mother mild, I blindly trust in you and in your child. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We had a Shunstadt Women's Retreat not too long ago here during the season of Lent um, a few weeks ago here in the state of Ohio. And while I was there, I picked up one of the little books that the sisters had brought with um, with them for purchase called Lenten Meditations by Father Joseph Kentenick. Well, at the end of all of this, all of his um, Lenten meditations, which I haven't actually got a chance to read any of those, but at the end of it, we have a meditation for Easter Sunday. And so how fitting, since again, this is being released on Easter Monday, the Monday after Easter. So let's, let's just begin with taking a look at Father Kentenick's words here. He writes, we must believe unshakably in the resurrection of Christ. We must have confidence that we too will one day rise with Christ into perfection and will be glorified. The suffering, the dying, the rising of our Savior is the greatest consolation for us Christians. The great comfort in the confusion of our life today, in the great spiritual disaster of our time, is faith and confidence in our perfect resurrection and glory in heaven. In his letter to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4, 8-18, through 18, St. Paul relates that we indeed must suffer anguish, afflictions, doubts, persecution, but does all this harm us? We are not crushed interiorly. We never despair. On the contrary, what holds us together and gives us strength, it is the spirit of faith in the glorious resurrection in and with our Savior throughout all eternity. As true Christians, we will never lose courage. Our body may be destroyed and crushed by all the suffering, but what is all our suffering here on earth? Our cross is not too heavy for us because our Lord carried it for us and before us. One day there will be an end. 
This suffering will at once be the ransom, the measuring stick for our eternal glory, and the resurrection of our body and soul for all eternity. I wish you now, and I wish myself, and we all with each other, an Easter filled with abundant graces. We wish to become Paschal persons like the Blessed Mother, people who live and realize the Easter mystery in daily life in its totality. So this is one, two, three, four paragraphs that I just read to you. The first, right, we must, un, we must believe unshakably in the resurrection of Christ. The great comfort in the confusion of our life today is faith. Faith and confidence in our perfect resurrection and glory in heaven. So amidst all of our sufferings, amidst all of the confusion, we must believe in the resurrection of Christ Our great comfort will be in our faith and our confidence in this perfect resurrection in the glory in heaven that is to come. Again, then Father Kensnick moves on to reflecting on St. Paul's words that indeed we must suffer in anguish, afflictions, doubts, persecution, but we are not crushed by any of this. Father Kensnick continues what holds us together and gives us strength. Again, the spirit of faith, faith in the glorious resurrection in and with our Savior throughout all eternity, looking ahead to what is, a com- what is to come. Um, he continues, as Christians, we'll never lose courage. No matter what happens, our bodies may be destroyed, we may be crushed by suffering, but we never lose courage. Our cross never becomes too heavy for us because we know our Lord carried it for us and before us, and that one day there will be an end, right? That our suffering is not a ring stick for our eternal glory and the resurrection of our body and soul for all eternity. And then, of course, he, he ends with his final blessing, which we'll reflect on again at the end of the episode. For now, just keep that in mind, right? That we are afflicted here. We do suffer here. Of course, we're just finished this season of Lent, the season where the church encourages us to embrace all of this in ways, um, in, in greater ways. Of course, we're to embrace the cross all throughout the year, but even in a greater way during this season of Lent, unite ourselves to our suffering Lord who came here to suffer and die for us. And so we, we've just finished this season of doing that prayer, fasting, almsgiving, taking on um, these willing, being willing to suffer and taking on these mortifications, these, these denials, these sacrifices, right? In an attempt to be shed of all, all that is not us, in an attempt to suffer with and for our Lord, right? To be conformed more and more into his likeness, right? The ultimate goal of the lives of our souls. And so this, these sufferings are a necessary part of our life here. We look forward in confidence and faith for the perfect resurrection, the glory that is to come in heaven. Okay, so that's what I want to kind of reflect on personally here. If um, you're following this this podcast regularly, then you know several episodes ago, and I don't know exactly what episode number it was, but it was a while ago. Um, I know it was in 2020 that I released an episode called The Four Temperaments, A Spiritual Perspective. And without a doubt, hands down, that's been the most listened to episode on all of these that I've released. Um, this is episode number 36 that we're recording here today. So of all of all 36, the, the one on the temperaments is the one that has been listened to the most. Um, and I, I know by myself how helpful that has been in just growing in self-knowledge, growing in empathy, not only towards myself and my own default behaviors, right, but also in my fellow man. And then not, of course, getting becoming victimized and say, well, I'm just like, I'm just an XY temperament. So I'm always going to be, I'm always going to be like that and not using that as an excuse, but saying, Hey, you know, my default is 
is to really be pushy and demanding. And because that's my default, I need to spend pay extra close attention to not being that way, right? So anyway, um, if you haven't listened to that, maybe now's the time to do that, to go back and listen to that. If you haven't listened to it for a while and you need a refresher, maybe go back and listen to it again. But I'm going to offer just a quick quick overview of each of the four and then some further um, food for thought for all of you that have been studying that, that have reflected on the temperaments in your own life and really what the, what the Lord has really blown my mind with this Lent with my own um, mortifications that I took on this Lent and what that has shown me. And I think, again, just using rational thought and my own experience of what I experienced this Lent, um, I th- how, how this can maybe apply to each of the four temperaments. So one thing I was working on this Lent personally, again, this was just me personally, I am a choleric sanguine temperament blend, um, fairly balanced, although probably choleric is a little bit um, more dominant than sanguine. I say probably it definitely is more dominant than sanguine. Um, But anyway, that is my temperament blend. And since I am a cleric, one thing that I I struggle with is um, putting putting work in front of people, putting work in front of people. I'm very task oriented, very driven as a cleric. Work is something that energizes me. I like to work. It's, it's energizing to me. It's, it's something I enjoy doing. I like to cross things off my list. And as a result of that, if I'm not careful, I can become so task oriented that this is what I need to get done today. This is what's on the to-do list. This is what I'm going to get done that I put charity aside at the risk of just completing my to-do list. So this is a harsh reality for me. I'm being very honest with you. It's something that I've been um, aware of for a long time, something that I've been working and trying to cooperate with the Lord's grace um, for a very long time, something I've taken to the confessional over and over and over again, and something that for whatever reason is still, is still there, right? Something that the weight of that reality is still there. I want to just to do. I want to just get things done. I, I am, and again, this being driven and being task oriented can be a very good thing because when, when the job at hand is difficult and, um, and you need to persevere through it, you know, I'm the type of temperament that can, right? Because the job just needs to get done. And even if it got difficult, we're just going to persevere until it gets finished. I don't know how to leave things unfinished. So rain, or shine, we're going to finish it. But again, this isn't great when it puts charity aside. I joked in a temperaments class the other day that, you know, you're doing the dishes and your child comes up and, you know, they're, they cut their hand off and you're like, okay, well, we'll get to that later because right now I got to finish this task at hand. Now that's an extreme case and I've never actually gone to that extreme, but that is, that's kind of just is the point that I'm trying to make is that as, as a cleric, my default is to work, to get things done, right? I, I have this, this desire, this longing for completeness, for things to be complete. And wow, let me tell you something. This is a good, holy desire, right? To have things be complete. We know that Christ came in the fulfillment of time. God is a God of order, a God of completeness, a God of a God of all of these things. And so this do- desire is a good desire. But like all good desires, it can become twisted and warped and inordinate. And when charity is pushed aside to just complete whatever it is you think you need to complete for the day, well, then sin has entered the picture, right? Likewise, for a phlegmatic. So the, the phlegmatic, you might recall, their P word, every... every um, 
Every temperament came with a P word that helped us kind of associate that, if you recall that. And the phlegmatics P word was peaceful, by the way. The cholerics P word was powerful, right? The phlegmatics P word is peaceful. And so as a phlegmatic, this desire for peace that's written on them, written in their hearts, written in their in their DNA, so to speak, written in how, how they respond, how they react to situations. Wow, what a good and holy desire to long for peace. But in a fallen world... How often are our days not that reality? And so a phlegmatic needs to watch out for, for always avoiding conflict because so much do I not want conflict because I'm a person of peace that I'm just going to avoid it at all costs. And guess what? Charity can come into effect here as well in that perhaps you're in a situation where you have a duty to speak up. Maybe, maybe you're on, you sit in a group of people, um, on like a council or a board of directors or something like that. And you have ideas and opinions about how things are going, but you don't want to rock the boat. You don't want to, you don't want to say anything that might offend somebody. So you remain quiet at the sake of, you want to avoid conflict, right? Because inside you just want peace. And again, this is a good holy desire, but do you see how now you're neglecting a duty of your state in life as a parent as well. Gosh, how easy is this to do that, right? You'd want to pick your battles. You don't want to argue. It's difficult to discipline children, to teach children right from wrong. Um, and so at, at the stake of just, I just want to avoid conflict and just move on with life. We're not going to have this discussion. I'm not going to discipline you. We're not going to do this, right? And obviously that would be neglectful of the duties of your state in life. So you're not choosing charity. Moving on with the next one, sanguines, right? Sanguines P word is popular. They are energized by talking. They love people. They love being around people. And so what is this holy desire written on their heart, this desire for joy? And what is a Christian if a Christian isn't joy, right? If it isn't exuding joy in the Lord and Christ who came to suffer and die and redeem us all. And so this is a good and holy desire. But if I'm always seeking joy in a fallen world, then I'm going to seek it in the wrong ways. Because guess what? We do live in a fallen world. And life isn't all rainbows and butterflies and joyful and cheery all the time. And so we need to recognize that and be willing to sit in that suffering, be willing to sit in that longing of this isn't joyful. And yet I'm going to sit here and unite this suffering, this longing with the Lord's, with Christ, with his passion, with his cross. And then continuing to the fourth temperament, the melancholic temperament, their P word, as you may recall, is perfect. And, um, Melancholics are energized by thinking, by ideas, right? They're very introverted, um, analytical, love to think, love to think things through. Wow. And again, their P word for perfection. Jesus says that himself, right? Be ye perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect, this is a good and holy desire to long for perfection. But guess what? We live in a fallen world. And so our lives aren't going to be perfect here. And that's, this is all kind of going back to what Father Kentinick wrote, what we talked about when we read that reflection, right? We, we must believe unshakably in the resurrection of Christ. The great comfort in the confusion of our life today, the confusion of the reality that we are in this fallen world where it's not going to be com- the fullness of completion, right? Where it's not going to be peaceful day in and day out, where it's not going to always be joyful situations we find ourselves in, where it's not always going to be perfection, right? This confusion of our life today, the comfort in this is faith and confidence in what? In our perfect resurrection and glory in heaven, in the life that is to come, in Christ's second coming, when all of these things will be brought to fulfillment, to completion, to perfection, to the perfect joy, to um, the perfect amount of peace. But now, 
now a part of us walking with our Lord is carrying this cross and being willing to suffer, recognizing that this is a good, holy desire that God has made me with. And you know what? Sometimes there are situations that are not peaceful, but the Lord allows us to feel that they're not peaceful because he wants to make them peaceful. And so he wants us to like call us to action. Like there is a solution to this and you can fix it. And by all means, I'm not suggesting that the Lord doesn't want to heal and doesn't want to fix things. He does. But we've all been in situations that we can't fix things, right? That we can't make the problem go away, that we've tried, we've prayed, we've done everything we can do. And guess what? It's still a mess. (laughs) It's still imperfect. It's still incomplete, incomplete, right? So then what do we do? And so this Lent, realizing this, again, I've been working on this for years. Put people in front of your to-do list, Julia. It's not that difficult. And yet for me, it's such a struggle, right? Such a struggle. So this year, you know, again, with just the own promptings of the Holy Spirit at work in my heart and, okay, Lord, what do you want to work on this Lent? I kind of zoomed in, honed in on this reality. And so one of my Lenten practices was... Um, to willingly suffer the pain of incompleteness. And the way, again, if you want to grow in, if you want to uproot a vice, how do we do that? We, we practice the opposite virtue. So if, if I want to uproot this vice of putting my task in front of people, well, the, the opposite virtue of that is, well, put people in front of your task, right? So how I was doing that this line is at least one time a day, one time a day, I purposely didn't finish something that I could have easily finished. So I can remember one day in particular, finished up this whole big project. All I had to do was hit send on the email and it would have been done and out of my hands and the ball would have been in the other court. And instead I left the draft sitting in my inbox and I went home for the day and and said I'd get that tomorrow. Now, was I successful at this every day? Absolutely not. And there were many days that I got to work and I'm like, well, I'm here for three hours. I'm going to see how much I can get done in these three hours. And I didn't come up for air. And it wasn't until I walked out of the office for the day that I went, uh-oh, that is so ingrained in me. I didn't even think about the reality that this is Lent. I'm supposed to be, you know, allowing the Lord's grace to penetrate my, my depths here and heal me of all of this. So I wasn't always successful. But this reality has opened my eyes to... Um, in my life, with being this choleric temperament and wanting things to to be complete, to be done, the theme I was working on was choosing to bear the pain of incompleteness, choosing to sit in there to say, "I'm going to make my make myself not finish this," and I'm going to offer that longing up, that suffering up to the Lord. I'm going to unite it with His own, the own longings in His own heart for all of us to be one, for all of this to come to the place of completion. And I'm going to sit with that and give that to him and, and additionally pray that he uses this, this to, to heal me, to grow me in charity towards my fellow man so that it is something that I'm doing virtuously, habitually, putting people in front of my to-do list, which is the way it should be, right? And I could see early on in Lent that this was healing because since I couldn't finish things because that was my Lenten practice, then I wasn't so anxious about, well, I got to get to the next thing. How many things can I get done? So when people were quote unquote interrupting me, and by the way, no one's interrupting me, but you know what that feels like when you got like things to do and then something, somebody needs you and it's unexpected. That's what it feels like. But when that was happening, it wasn't like, oh, I don't have time to answer that question. It was like, yeah, I might as well sit and answer your question because I can't 
finish what's on my to-do list anyway. So I could see it healing me. And then I wasn't, I wasn't so late to things because why am I usually late? Because I'm finishing up something I started and I did, I want to just take that extra five minutes to finish it before I walk out the door. So I'm five minutes, always five minutes behind. Right. So I could see the Lord healing that. I wasn't late as much because I wasn't like white knuckling my to-do list to try to get it done. Anyway, I feel like I'm being way, way more personal about the, on this episode than what probably you would like, but I, the point remains the same, whether that is your struggle with this, this incompleteness, or you're the phlegmatic perhaps, who's more inclined to avoid conflict at all costs. So what would that be for you, right? Choosing to bear the pain of, of, um, disruption of their of it not being a peaceful situation of sitting that and say this is very uncomfortable because there's obviously an elephant in the room and this is not peaceful and yet I'm going to willingly suffer this for the Lord and with the Lord and pray for the grace for him to heal my heart of of any inordinate attachments I have may have to this um same thing with the sanguine right so you're in a situation that's not joyful and choosing to sit in that, choosing to sit in the sorrow, um, choosing instead of trying to just somebody is sad and saying, well, for example, you go to a funeral and it, it's such a difficult thing. I know I've been in the situations before, but the last thing someone who is suffering the loss of the loved one wants to hear is it's going to be okay. Your, your loved one's in a better place. Now, whether or not that's true, and of course we believe in eternal life with Christ and, and of course eternal life is way better than anything we can imagine here. But that person is grieving the loss of a loved one. What they really need to hear is, you know what, this sucks. I'm so sorry this happened to you, right? Um, And so if we're of a sanguine temperament, it's especially difficult for us to sit in that reality because we just, we want joy so bad that we're not willing to suffer. We're not willing to sit in that suffering for any longer than what we have to, right? Because it's so difficult for us. Um, Actually, the, the, the animated movie Inside Out, which Disney produced um, several years ago, does a really good job at like indicating this. The main character in the story is Joy. She always wants everything to be happy. The young girl is in a stressful situation and sadness needs to enter the picture in order for her to really like grow from this and learn from this. And Joy is refusing it at all costs and it comes to a crashing halt, right? Because that that's not how we are. We're human beings. Sadness is a part of who we are as well. Um, and so anyway, choosing to sit in that, if you are of the sanguine temperament and not just escaping and just trying to, to laugh the pain away or um, not allowing yourself to cry, that can be something that perhaps the Lord can grow and his grace can heal that in you. And, and you can choose to suffer this with him and in him as you look and hope to the perfection of all joy, which is this life that is to come. Um, and again, then of course, with the melancholic who, who's desiring is for perfection and wants perfection and being willing to sit in that and bear that pain of it's imperfect. And wow, I bet you get opportunity after opportunity to do that, right? (laughs) Because we live in such an imperfect world. Or maybe you're somebody who um, likes your grass cut perfectly, or every weed has to be pulled out of your flower bed in the second one week weed is in, or your house always has to be top shape and everything has to be put in its place and perfect. And instead being willing to suffer in the imperfection just a little bit, right? If if you got to mow the grass today, because if you wait one more day, Well, maybe you make yourself wait one more day, you know, and you mortify that desire. You allow the Lord to heal that in your heart and you offer that to him. Again, being willing to suffer, choosing to bear the pain of whatever it is, incompleteness, choosing 
to bear the pain of a lack of peace, choosing to bear the pain of, of a lack of joy, choosing to bear the pain of imperfection. For what? Just so you can suffer and bear the pain? No. Choosing to bear it with Christ so that it unites you and forms you and transforms you into him who came to suffer for us right? And we know this. We know this. And again, going back to Father Kentonick's words, we must believe unshakably in the resurrection of Christ. The great comfort in the confusion of our life today is faith and confidence in our perfect resurrection and glory in heaven. In his letter to the Corinthians, St. Paul relates that we indeed must suffer anguish, afflictions, doubts, persecution, but does all this harm us? We are not crushed interiorly. We never despair. On the contrary, what holds us together and gives us strength? It is the spirit of faith in the glorious resurrection in and with our Savior throughout all eternity. As true Christians, we will never lose courage. Our body may be destroyed and crushed by all the suffering, but what is all our suffering here on earth? Our cross is not too heavy for us because our Lord carried it for us and before us. One day there will be an end. This suffering will at once be the ransom, the measuring stick for our eternal glory and the resurrection of our body and soul for all eternity. And so friends, we look there. We look to the hope of our perfect resurrection and glory in heaven. We look to Christ who carried our cross for us and before us to find our strength in him. And we, we do, we continue, even outside of the season of Lent, to choose to bear this pain of incompleteness, to choose not to cope by just filling all of this in, right? And I, I realize that this, this longing for completeness is, is ultimately a longing for completeness in God. That's, that's what it is. Your longing for peace is, is ultimately a longing for peace in Christ. Your longing for joy is ultimately a longing for, for joy in the Father, your, your longing for perfection is ultimately a longing for perfection in Christ, in the Trinity. And these are good longings, but we cope. We're, we're coping here. We're just trying to uh, satiate this deepest longing when I'm filling out a to-do list. And I'm like, oh man, I was so, this today, I, you know, crushed today and today is complete. And guess what? Tomorrow I'm going to just have to do the same thing because my true longing to be complete in God is not fulfilled and it won't be fulfilled here, right? And so part of it is, choosing to bear this pain, not choosing not to just cope and cover up this and recognize this is a good, holy longing. And it's a longing that will carry me through to eternal life. And what a gift to unite us with the longing that Christ has for all of us as well. So I, again, like every podcast I record, I have no idea if that made any sense, but if you have more questions about that, or, um, I just, I, you can always reach out, always reach out. My website is theworldisnoisy.com and you can contact me through that. Um, otherwise maybe this just gave you something to think about as we enter into this Easter season, this season of hope and anticipation of what is to come, this perfection in Christ and the life that is to come. Um, and again, continuing, even in this season of hope, continuing to become people who are willing to suffer for him and with him and carry our crosses for him and with him as it transforms us into his likeness. So I love you guys. I'm praying for all of you. Um, please pray for me too. And um, if you ever have any specific prayer requests that you would like me to pray with, to take um, to the Blessed Mother in my home shrine, I'm always happy to do that as well. Again, website is theworldisnoisy.com if you ever want to reach out to me.
So now let's close in prayer and in this final blessing, these words that ended this reflection from Father Kentenek. Father Kentenek writes, I wish you now, and I wish myself, and we all with each other, an Easter filled with abundant graces. We wish to become Paschal persons like the Blessed Mother, people who live and realize the Easter mystery in daily life in its totality. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. You know the way for me. You know the time. Into your hands I trustingly place mine. Your plan is perfect, born of perfect love. You know the way for me. That is enough. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.